Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. I am so thrilled to have my guest here in the studio, a.k.a. we're sitting on my really sweaty linen couches in Lycra. We're doing the most, not the least today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, the host of Taste of Taylor, Taylor Strecker. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Thanks for coming on. Girl, I'm honored to be here. I'm so excited. I mean, this is fun, right? Well, we're finally back in the same city. Like we were, when we first met, I yes. feel like it was just like a moment. It was a moment. You were in Atlanta at the time. You, yes. were, you happened to be in New York for something. Yes. I had you on the podcast. Oh, wait, I had you on my radio show. Yes. And then you came on the podcast and I was like, girl, that was too much. You have to like, and my audience is obsessed with you. So they introduced me to you um, via Instagram where all dreams come true. Honestly, I don't know how to make friends outside of the interwebs. Like I just slide <laughs> in people's DMs. I don't know actually how to like approach somebody on the street and be like, you seem pretty and nice. Do you want to be my friend? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I will be your friend. I'm here. I'm ready to be your friend. I'm standing in the wings waiting till you need a friend. Just call me. I'm available. Great. We'll do it. You know, we're I like uh, you. We're, we're like cut from the same cloth. I feel like we both have like weird schedules similarly too, which is a good thing for hanging out. You got to have similar schedules. It's basically, does your tailor, is she always pissed? Because Jeff is like, you don't have a normal schedule. Like I come alive at like 8 p.m. at night. And then Jeff's like, what? We can't watch like Netflix the other day. <laughs> no, motherfucker. I got shit to do. I got... I got deadlines. He's like, why didn't you do it from nine to six? I'm like, cause I was running around town, <laughs> you know? So I am like that. That's my internal clock. Yeah. You know that there's studies that say that your internal clock is based upon the night or well, the time of day, night or morning that you were born. So if you were like born in the morning, you're a morning person, uh, night, a night person, or maybe it's opposite, but there's some like, yeah, cause, that, that? cause that's not, that can't be right for me. I was born at eight twenty one in the morning and I, I feel like a corpse. So maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I, but I do come at like eight twenty one at night is when I fucking see, I get a tickle in my tank. Maybe it's 12 hours later, but I have been doing morning radio for the last 14 years. So, uh, my job is against my natural, like lifestyle and it, right. it fucking kills me. Right. I hate morning work so much. When I wake up in the morning, every single day, I fucking punch the wall. How get, early do you have to get up for your show? I mean, listen, at, in, at its earliest, I was up at like, I was like 
getting up for like ski time. Like it was like 4.30 in the morning. I would get up for a while, but now my alarm goes off at 6.30. I mean, listen, not ideal, but like, I feel like I can't complain because it's like normal people time. Right. But fuck that okay, shit. It's so funny you should say that because Jeff always says that to me. I go, Jeff, you know, I'm sorry you don't have a normal schedule. He goes, Heather, uh, he gets up at like six and is at work <laughs> by like seven. He's like, Heather, the rest of the fucking world sure. works from like seven to five. You're the only person who works at 2 a.m. in comedy clubs. I was like, honestly, you're the fucking freak. I get a life. <laughs> like, that's it. But I, so I trained myself when I first started my job at Sirius to learn how to abuse my body. So this, right. this she is ripe. She looks yeah. like this for a reason, honey. I'm like, I'm doing everything I need to do to allow myself to drink and eat like shit and still get up and function in the morning and like yeah. do it again. I can function off of like, Four and a half hours of sleep. See, this is really interesting. I thought I could do that. And then I went on this tour, this wild safari tour. And I had that moment where I was like, um, I literally got to the point one day where I was so sleep deprived. I was like, am I going to shit myself? Am I going to cry? Do I want to go buy a bunch of weird beanie babies off eBay? Like, do I need it? Like nachos? I couldn't figure out what I needed to fulfill, like to fill up my love tank. You know what I mean? What did you do to fill that void? I for sure got nachos. <laughs> and then I think, I like I just Chris and I just started like roasting people at the airport like I get kind of like goofy and mean when I'm like super tired <laughs> I'm like I'm just gonna fuck with people but it, uh, yeah but but I get it like I mean you know when you just run on four or five hours of sleep and you're used to it you just fucking go yeah so if you want to go at night I'm here for it I'm down I mean I'm about to move to Jersey City which is like really it's either the best idea of the, my life or like the worst idea of my life but I'll take an Uber in to go out with you so I have a full absolutely not which is just Jersey in general and the funny thing is anytime I talk shit about Jersey no Nobody from New Jersey defends it. They're all like, we hear you. Newark's a dump. There's needles under the highway. It's we so true. We'll see you. And then I went out to San Francisco last week and I realized San Francisco is a fucking dump because there's actual heroin needles everywhere. Everywhere. And nobody from San Francisco defended it either. They're like, there's an app. Did you know that there's an app in San Francisco that what? is a human feces app? No. Because so many homeless people shit no. all over the streets no. and drug addicts that they literally track the human feces because it's become like a CDC actual like health problem. It's like a ways for doo-doo? It's a ways for doo-doo. <laughs> oh my God. That's my number one absolutely not these days. <laughs> I'm dead. So what, why are you moving to Jersey? Talk, let's talk about the comparison of New York to New Jersey. Okay. So I live in Manhattan. I live down in Fidei. So I was, I was just showing Heather. I was once a rich person in case you yes. guys couldn't tell. I feel like I give off like Richie vibes. Actually, I will say this. I was just, I just came off the first leg of Stassi Schroeder's tour right. straight up with Stassi live and her publicist, Emily met my parents and she was like, Oh, you make sense to me now. You're from old money. And I was like, absolutely not. Right. Like my dad is like, Blue collars, they come. Like first person in his entire family to go to college. He went to Harvard, but the right. poor guy's still paying off student loans. I swear to right, God. Right, 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 and he's a doctor and stuff. But like, and my mom was raised in like Fort Lauderdale when it was like not trashy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No offense, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> no, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just Florida in general is a whole situation. So spring break was invented by like a couple of guys. One of them was my grandfather. I mean, in Fort Lauderdale specifically, they were like, how do we get tourism up? And they were like, college students swear to god and Wait, hold on swear you literally are a spring break heiress <laughs> trust me there's no money that comes along with this just bragging rights of like a debauchery and so 
like it was a really nice town back in the day. But then after all, they were like competing with Daytona Beach. And then after all that, it just started to get real like fluorescent lighty and like what t-shirt con like uh, what t-shirt concert. Yeah, and what then Carmen Electra showed up and she started doing singled out on spring break. And you got McCarthy, it. And-, and then it was just, you know, it was just a, a fire pit of a disaster. I mean, I've heard of a lot of people being connected to like cool relatives. Like my dad invented, you know, the light bulb or some shit. And you're like, relax at Thomas Edison. <laughs> Junior, the fourth or whatever. <laughs> did Thomas Edison come up with a light bulb? I think, I think he did. So. Maybe, maybe it was Beethoven. I don't know. Anyways. It was totally Beethoven. Anyways, regardless, I'm just like, but spring break, I would literally, that would be my opener. I would go up to be like, hey, what's up? My name's Heather McMahon and my grandfather invented spring break. I mean, let's be clear. He helped launch the initiative in Fort Lauderdale. But yes, so my grandfather was like, but he loved Fort Lauderdale. Like it was like, it was his Palm Springs. Was, was Palm he Springs? the mayor of Lauderdale? West Palm Beach. It was his Palm Beach. In his mind, he was he was the general manager of Saks, but this was like when it was like there were only like four stores in the entire right, and, country. And Saks was like when you you had like white glove service, like you'd go in there, glass of champagne. It didn't even matter if you were browsing at like chapsticks. To- totally. And so like he would handpick designers to come in and showcase their clothes. So he had these like close relationships with like Yves Saint Laurent, <gasps> and, I know, and Estee Lauder, and so they were at my parents' wedding, but. They were a family of five and like my, my mom and her brothers and sisters and they had, they weren't wealthy, but they were like socialites. Yes. But poor ones. Do you know, like, can I tell you, rich. I feel like that right now. Like I wear like Old Navy and like H&M and like Zara to most award shows or oh, like right. I'm starting to get invited to these like fancier things. And I wear like ASOS because not yeah, fucking designers don't make my size. And I literally just show up and people are like, wow, what are you doing? And I'm like, my dress was $40 and I got an extra 20% off. On ASOS, you know what I mean? That's the most. Yeah. I way more respect that than like going to like get a Chanel dress. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can do that if they have a big enough right? bank account. But for real, we were talking no creativity. We were talking about this earlier. Like we're in this weird space, like where we're trying, you know, we're slowly starting to make some sort of financial <sighs> progress. We're like, I'm Finally. not, I'm not afraid the lights aren't, aren't going to be on when I come home. You but, know what I mean? But so can I, I have kids. Can I have kids? No, absolutely not. <laughs> My mom, okay, you want to know is so crazy. This is such an absolutely not. My mom, like for the longest time, she was like, I really hope you make money at this. And now that I'm like sort of making money, she literally called me yesterday and was like, so here's the thing. You're going to pay off the house. And then you and Jeff just buy the house. I was like, okay, so we're going to get you a condo. And she goes, no, no, no. I'm just going to live in one of the guest bedrooms. I was like, so you think because now I'm making more than $3 an hour, I'm just going to buy your million dollar home in Atlanta and then you get to still live in it? Doesn't work that way, Robin. Same with my dad. Every time I go to dinner, he's like, so you're picking up the bill, right? I'm like, no, these are not my children. They're yours. I want to of them. Thanks, dad. It's yeah. crazy. It's wild. But it's finally coming around. But I do like, so my mom had this like bougie-ness to her. And then my dad is a doctor from Boston, but like he's blue collars. They come. But Emily was like, you are so bougie. And I was like, no, you're picking up on my, uh, my pre- like divorce rich vibes. Right. That's when it really kicked the fuck in. So for those of y'all who are, don't know about Taylor, Taylor is now a raging power lesbian. She was married <laughs> to a rich man in Tribeca. They got divorced <laughs> and now she's married. She are, you're, you're, you're living with another Taylor. It's two Taylors. Two Taylors. How gay is that? It literally, and Taylor Donahue, like uh, that is a, like a, like a strong name. Taylor Donahue. What up? My name's Taylor Donahue. Lacrosse. That's, that's your lady. Lacrosse coach. She is. She's like a gymnastics, uh, uh, gym, she's like a gymnastics coach. Who does she's she like get really She looks like, I feel like she gets Blake like, Lively. It's like a Blake Lively, but then like when she smiles, I get a touch of Tara Reed. Ooh. Like, but like <laughs> hot Tara Reed. But like when Tara Reed was like, Really Tara Reed. Good. 
Like, like, um, I like that. What was the, what was the name movie? Oh, American Pie Tara Reid. Oh, cause that's so, that little like naughty spark in her eye. I get yeah. Anna Nicole a lot. I get like Anna Nicole <laughs> and then I'll get somebody really random, like, like, uh, a Blair from the Facts of Life. So it's like two, like total, like one's like a total classically trained actress. <sighs> and then I just get Anna Nicole. I used to get, um, Natalie Portman when I was skinny. That doesn't happen anymore. Thank God. I was so sick of it. Um, and now I just get Lindsay Lohan. Hand, it's the voice. You okay. <laughs> no one said Let's I look have like a her. Real conversation. You look nothing like Lindsay <laughs> nothing Lohan. Like Lindsay Lohan. You look. You're dropped to gorgeous, stunning. Ugh. But I can't figure out exactly who you look like. I get like young Elizabeth Taylor. Oh my god! You shut your mouth. No, you do. I get like real young Elizabeth Taylor Ugh. with a touch of like. Ooh, Dixie Carter from Designing Women. Oh, fuck yes, yeah. Queen. I'll take it. I'll, those are my, no, they're, they're, they're my two now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're now my two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was married to, married to a rich dude in Tribeca. And like, I was like, listen, I went for my parents. My, my dad and mom did well, okay? Yeah. We, weren't, we were not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but like they made ends meet. Right. But I remember like, we lived in the side of town for a while where like the kids would be like, isn't your dad a doctor? Like, I grew up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I didn't grow up with, like, a silver spoon in my mouth. But then I met Wasbind, the man who is my, was my former husband. And he was very much more wealthy than my family. Right. Now, in New York City, they think they're rich as shit, but, like, they ain't got, they don't have private planes. They're not, like, Randall okay. on Vanderpump. Can I tell you, it's so funny when people think that they're wealthy in the city. And you're like, right. unless you're taking a fucking helicopter to JFK every day because you can't stand the extra 30 minutes on the FDR, Boom. I don't want to hear it. You ain't rich. Oh, you have a Land Rover and a Mercedes? <laughs> yeah, poor. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, um, but I was definitely like, that spoiled the shit out of me. And then I just couldn't take being married anymore. It was not the right in-law situation for me. And he wasn't really doing a good job at regulating that shiz now they. So I was like, I got to get out because I knew it was going to be like a a generational thing. It was going to affect our kids. You know, we were going to be like the proverbial punching bags. They were going to be nerds. I can't raise nerd kids. I'm so afraid about just my children in general. (gasps) Jeff's a big guy. I'm a big gal. I'm hoping that it'll like, we'll get the genes of my sister and my mom (laughs) and we'll end up with like two nuggets. But then Jeff and I won't know what to do with it because we're just like, I am for sure pushing out Boys, NFL athletes, like just, oh, you know, yeah. emergency C-section. Because How fun would that be? It would be fun. But also I'm like, if I get a daughter, I just panic for it. I actually said this to Jeff. And Jeff Are you was kidding like, me? If a daughter was your carbon copy, it would be the greatest gift to the world. Yes, but here's the thing. And this is going to sound really fucked up. And I don't want a single person to come, like a mom to come at me. I told this to Jeff. I said, Jeff, I don't want to have a daughter simply for the fact. And even though we're living in the most body positive times Ever. Ever. For me, because I am, I know who I am. I was able, always able to pull it off, but people still slide in my DMs and call me like a fat cunt. Are you fucking kidding me? I get once in a while. Yes. So for me, I, I was see like their picture. I well, it's always some guy with, always like, an egg. with like a barbed wire tattoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> or that who like jerks off to Halo videos. That's fine. <laughs> but literally, I was like, I just know that our daughter would be a really she'd be larger than large, literally larger than life. And I just don't want her to have to deal with what I had to deal with. Well, so Tay wants to have two kids and Tay is a tall, skinny, off duty model, drink of water. Right. And I am a voluptuous woman. And my, like, I grew up with like big booty, big thighs. And this was not a time when that was in. I like, I wonder what my self-esteem would be like, had I been born and now. 
You know, I always say if I could just start over, like God, if God made me, cause I was a chubby kid. If I ever got like a week to just be thin. Yes. But where everything, where I didn't even have to think twice about it. Me too. I would never get fat. <laughs> <laughs> but Tay wants to have two. And she's like, I want one of you. And I want one of me. And I'm like, nah, yeah. I don't. Cause mine's going to always be number two. Well, it's not even being number two. It's just, I know the difficulties that I had to do with growing up. Where like my mom still to this day, even at 32, doesn't want to go shopping with me. Cause she knows we're going to have to get everything custom. She's like, okay, I need with this one. She'll like go to sales associates at Bloomingdale's. If I'm looking for like a formal dress, like a black tie wedding, she'll be like, here's the deal. I need you to bring me two sizes bigger than what Heather actually says she is. Because what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to call our girl. She's going to have to fucking take in this entire dress because she has enormous shoulders and her back is like fucking thick. She's got two rolls of back fat on the right side, one on the left side. They're both growing. It's a thing. Like my mom just knows. Like it's, it's a fucking hot mess. I just don't want my kid to have to deal with what I had to deal with. Boys are easier. Boys, boys are easier. Like, boys can be big. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Girls have to pass like a physical test. And yes, it's better than it's ever been yes. body, body positivity wise. But it's still, it's still a fucking struggle. It's just, I don't. Yeah. In mine, like I hate me. So I will therefore hate mine. Right. And then hers, I will be like worshiping. <laughs> and my poor, my poor thing yeah. is going to be like, well, mom, what about me? I'm automatically making mine a girl. But uh, I mean, we're definitely going to, we, we must have a child. That is like, that is a. That is a, what's the word? It's like a- Non-negotiable. Non, thank you. Non-negotiable. So so you're definitely having kids. Kid. I I have negotiated to one. We'll see where we are financially. That's the thing that's scary about being lesbo. Money. Pay inequality is real. Not having a male income to rely on is kind of extra scary, actually. So that's an absolutely not right now. I know. We got to get paid equally. It's fucking bullshit. It really is. And I'm living it. So like we can talk about it, but like I'm actually like I feel the realness of it. That's like my number one biggest like scary of my life is like, will we be able to financially be able to survive and like do things that other couples get to do? I have been preaching the good word of this fabulous website for quite some time now. And I feel like I am one of the 12 disciples. Yes, I am preaching the gospel about what is it, Heather? That's right. I'm talking about Thrive Market. What is Thrive Market? Thrive Market is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Do you go to the store sometimes and you're completely overwhelmed? And especially if you live in New York City and then you have to stand in a line for 45 minutes just to get like three eggs and you're like, I don't have time for this. I'm trying to live my truth. Then go to thrivemarket.com. They basically have the best selling organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices. That's right. I'm talking about 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices. They have everything from non-GMO foods to kosher, to gluten-free, to paleos, to ketos, whatever you need. If you're only eating slabs of bacon, get the best bacon and go to thrivemarket.com backslash absolutely not to try all of their stuff. You get 25% off, off your first order, plus a free 30-day trial. Listen, Thrive Market is a place where I can just literally set it and forget it. I go in there. I'm like, you know what? This week I feel like I'm being the gluten freeze and I get all my gluten free stuff and they ship it directly to my door and they don't use any bad packaging because I'm not about that life. I'm over here trying to save the turtles. Cheryl, thank you very much. So if you want stuff delivered straight to your door, if you want to get some of the best products, they have stuff for kids, babies, truly any dietary restrictions. Their filter system on the website is incredible. Just go to thrivemarket.com backslash absolutely not to get 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial. And now my babies, back to the podcast. 
when you have two gay men together, they just could fucking rule the world. I oh, mean, are you kidding me? I mean, they're one, power. They're, they're all type A, right? Uh-huh. They're literally the most like driven men you've ever met in your life. Like yep. all of my, I mean, I just really surround myself with mostly power lesbian couples and gay men. And like, I just feel like they all, they when we go out to dinner, like when it's mixed couples, yep. it's like all they do is duke it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. who's doing better? I'm exactly. like, guys, oh, I'll tell you what, Jeff and I are not doing, the, <laughs> we're not doing the best here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, post-divorce though, I really, I thought I was going to, just gonna find another rich dude. True story. Right. I was like, I've been golding and now I might as well keep on digging for that gold. And then I fell in love with Taylor and I was like, fuck. And when yeah. I met her, she was a nanny. Oh shit. In student loan debt. And I was like, oh, this is absolute. Talk about absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. I'm just fucking around here. I'm going to get this lesboness out of my system. Didn't do it in college. And, you know, and nobody's going to even find out about it. And then right. every day she just kept making me more and more happy. And yeah. I was like, motherfucker. Right. I'm going to have to come out to my friends and my family and my radio show audience. And how did you initially start in my life? <laughs> One of my best friends is now in a wonderful, loving relationship with her girlfriend. And I just adore them together. And, and, and my girlfriend literally like kind of broke down because she'd always dated guys and she doesn't like consider herself a lesbian. She's like, this is just like my partner or yeah. whatever, which I agree. I think, I think sexuality is transcendent and you know, we do, we're doing our damn thing. But how did you realize you were like, Oh fuck, this is who I need to be with. Heather, it was like, is I've this never, too philosophical? I've, no, I've never had like any sexual inclination towards any girl. If anything, I would have said I was asexual. Yeah. If anything, um, definitely didn't like the dick. Horrible at blowjobs. Start crying and gagging immediately, which I think men love. But what, yeah. um, oh, they for sure do. No buenos for me. Not, not I mean, into I, it. I only give Jeff blowjobs because it's like what you're supposed to do. But the whole time I'm thinking like I try and make eye contact with him, but I'm thinking like, did I turn the oven off? You know what I mean? <laughs> do I need to change out the laundry? Did I respond to that email. Like I, I'm never like in it. So no. you know what my biggest absolutely not is women who are like, I love giving blowjobs. Oh, shut the fuck oh, up. You do? Oh, you love giving blowjobs? <laughs> no, you don't. Job for a reason, honey. Yeah, yeah no shit. Right? Okay. So you never had any like sexual inclination towards women? Nothing. And then I met Taylor like when I was, uh, I was, I had like, well, honestly, I was ready to get a divorce before we even walked down the aisle. We shouldn't have done it. Yeah. And we both knew it, but we were too fucking pussy chicken shit to not actually fuck Follow through with it. I was talking about it on the radio. I was young. It was just like, I tried to postpone it, but the wedding planner was like, if you're going to postpone, you might as well just fucking cancel. Right. Like, because that's just like financially so stupid. So either do it or don't do it. But this like halfway in between stuff, it's not going to fly. So I did it anyway. But how long were you married? Five years almost. Wow. I gave it a good call try. Together, dating a year and a half. It was a whirlwind, like nightclubs, vacations, yeah. hot spots in New York City. Then a year and a half engaged. That's when all the shit started to hit the fan and the family and I started to fight. And I was like, oh, motherfucker, this is You're, not you with good. his family. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in that right now. Oh, girl, it's so hard. I will say this. It was, um for me, I think the kicker was that they were, it was, there were sisters in law. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, parents, it's like, it wasn't like a peer thing, but this was like my peers. I felt like I was back in sixth grade, like at the right. mean girl table. Right. I felt like I was in the plastics wow. and I was like Katie, but never going to become popular. Right. Wow. And they were all like devoted by blood. Like there was no Gretchen Wieners to like, you know, manipulate and turn. They were ride or die. Wolf pack stuff. How many? Three. Oh yeah. You're fucked. 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 And are they Italian? No, Jewish. Oh, you're fucked. 
<laughs> and I'll live here. So it was like, and no, like, you couldn't escape. And, and your thing, family's in Boston, right? Yep. And the thing that really did it was like the friend circles overlapped. And I was like, I have no escape. I have like, I don't even have my own identity. And that's what really killed me. Cause I was like, I lived in mean girl, like middle school, high school. And I like, I pride myself on like pulling myself up by the bootstraps and getting away from that shit, you know? And I felt like I got plucked right back into it. So I'm kind of in that situation right now and I'm, I won't go into details, but it's, it's really, it's wild. It's a wild <laughs> ride to go into like, like to just be hated off the bat. And at this point, there's nothing I can do. Nope. I can't change it. Nope. And I'm literally like, I try and be as respectful and lovely as possible. But at this point I just go, fuck it. See me, I tried to change the dynamics and buck the system. I, I try, I've tried that for nine years. But I, but I can I ask a question. Is it a one-on-one or is it uh, like more than one against, multiples against one? It's one-on-one. That is going to be doable. I'm, I promise you okay. when I tell you. Cool, cool, cool. Because his mother and I kind of went head to head a couple times, but then like we did have some good moments too. Like when it's just one, you can have those breakthroughs. Right. When it's more than one, you're so when beyond the entire Jewish mafia. <laughs> <laughs> and then their friends start coming in now you got like 15 against one four get it i was drowning yeah I've, l- I've learned a lot we definitely um girl you need any advice i've been through it i can coach you like till timbuktu but so we were like we were rocky for a long time mm-hmm. so by the time i met taylor she started working for me because i had a blog like everybody and she did my videos for me and I like adored her as a friend and I was like I was always looking for new friends to get away from my sister-in-law's posse so I was like oh this girl's gonna be my best friend I thought she was straight I had no idea she was gay I tried to set her up with my husband's friends and finally one of our mutual friends was like cut it out she's gay and I was like I have a friend that's a lesbian I'm so cool I'm so hip I'm so now I was so proud of myself such a basic straight bitch and then we became really really close the thing was, so I basically was ready to give up all my friends from like our relationship, right? My husband's. Um, my friends from college had gotten like really close to husband and his world too. So I kind of need to put like a little arm's length distance between them as well. I right. need like a clean cut. So before I got divorced, and this is a really good tip for anybody who's going to get like broken up, divorced, what have you. I started to form my own completely independent friend group where I was like, this is my friend, my friend, my friend. These are my support systems and I can lean on them 110%. So Taylor was one of the chosen ones and we were just friends. And then once I got separated, I kept like, uh, my lawyer said, take, I can't recover Chanel. I can't recover Louboutin. Like shit, that was presents. People in the family might think you don't deserve and they might come over to the apartment and take it when you're crashing on a friend's couch and I can't get it back. So it sounds heartless. Pack up a duffel bag of all the shit that like you don't want to lose. And store it somewhere. Keep it someplace safe. So Taylor was my safe place. Like literally, I trusted her the most out of all my friends because she didn't even like like designer stuff. Right, my right. other friends would have like totally worn out. You can out. always leave stuff here because I, I'm just like rocking old Navy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> got it. Another safe house. Yeah. So basically, I just got so close to Tay and we just, she was like my best friend during the separation. And one night we were out at this place called Marie's Crisis, which do you love Of me? course, I love Marie's Crisis. Can we go? I sing show tunes all day long. Girl, let's go. Let's go. Done. I get so blackout on scotch and then I fight everybody. It's Perfect. super fun. Taylor gets super proud of me. So we were at Marie's and I had seen her like flirt, make out with girls when we were friends. But this one time I was like fucking jealous. Right. And I was like, am I just like 
a drunk girl who's getting separated. This right. is silly. Let it go. And the next night we went out, got drunk again because I was just drunk throughout my whole separation. Right. And I was like, you know what's crazy? And she was like, what? And I was like, I like wanted to make out with you. And she was like, absolutely not. Really? Because she, she shut said, you down. She's like, no, you're just going through something. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the scapegoat of this. Yep. And she was like, I lose interest in two seconds. I'm literally your best friend right now. Like, where will you sleep? Not right. on my couch. If I lose interest in you, yeah. I think it's a bad idea. So I felt so rejected. rejected. And I was like, whatever, fine. But I still had this like strong pull to her. She has swagger. That's the only way I can put it. No, she's so swagged. Right? Like when we met at the wedding, I was just like, damn, like she just comes through and she's just a tall drink of water and yep. she's cool and she's like calm. She, It's like Jeff. Like Jeff is totally. the opposite of me. Jeff just kind of walks in and he's like, has a cigar in his hand. He's like, hey, uh, where are the snacks at? And you're like, fuck, I'll take off my underwear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're Jeff right if- is so fucking baby of Majora. I yeah. can't even. He's a cutie. So you guys, guys together, couple goals. You know why? It's because we're opposite. It works. It's- we really are opposite. But then he has a really goofy, giggly sense of humor. So when I'm acting weird and I've got seven chins and a wig on, he just is like here for it. Like oh. I, yeah, it works. They love the weird. That's they love what we weird. needed. And so, yeah. So finally, though, we went on a work trip, I remember. And because we were friends, we were staying in the same bed. I mean- Yeah. I wasn't like Harvey Weinstein. We were just pals. And then that was a trip where she was kind of like, you know what? I've always had a crush on you since the first day I met you, but you were off limits. So I just didn't even go there. And, you know, I think that we should give it a a shot. Like I'm good. But we were like committing to like, you know, typical lesbians. It's like now we're going to be engaged. You hadn't even hooked up yet. And I said, And and she was already saying, I don't, this is so woman of us, right? <laughs> Sit down and be like, here's the thing. I have a friendship bracelet and we haven't even kissed, but I want to make sure that you're in this for the long haul. Like legit. <laughs> so she's like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And so I'm like, let's do it. But I said, but we, we have to move slow because I don't know if I'm going to like certain things. You know what I mean? Right. Don't make me look you in the eye when I say that. And so I was like, let's like baby step it. It was like being in like middle school again, like Trying all You're the things like, with okay. boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, we're at second base. Mm-hmm. Shit's getting wild. Oh my God, somebody's touching my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been saying this for a long time though. I feel like we need to bring like, like just better fingering and hand jobs back for a while. I am saying it. It's a great time. It's a great time. You know, I am a fan of dry humping. It really is everything. Are and you more. kidding me? A fully clothed, maybe even a turtleneck. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, I only like dry humping in the fall and it's not be, or like the winter. It's not because I'm cold and I see the friction. It's just when you have more layers, it just gets even more scandalous. <laughs> okay. Also, I feel like my neighbor, I feel like a weird, we, we just have such loud voices. My neighbor's going to just wait, give it 13 seconds. And she's going to come by and be like, what are you guys doing in there? Her what? name's Eloise. She's fucking nuts. No. She's lived in this building for 110 years. No. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Oh Sorry, listeners. If you hear banging on the door, it's my 80 year old neighbor. It's Eloise. Okay, so you then you then you I guess you you slowly hook up, and then it was like before I, I just remember thinking if she keeps me happy, yeah, then I'm gonna keep doing this. But I was like I didn't want to tell my friend, so I was like really hibernating and like right. talk about being in the closet. I like ripped her back in, and then my I was home visiting my parents. My mom was like, "Are you in love with Taylor?" And I and my mom had kept saying things like, "Maybe you should be friends with other friends and yeah. like spend time with Uba." And I was like, "No, Taylor's like my favorite." And so finally, she I, she like had me in the car. I felt like I was like in fucking kindergarten. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a 30 something year old woman. Am I going to lie to my mother? Right. So I was like, you know what? Yes, I am. And it was like, 
holy havoc. She went mental. She like tried to ground me. I'm like, you can't ground me against okay. sexuality. Mom, yeah, this doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah. Um, but it was really hard in the beginning. And that was hands down the hardest part. Cause like my family is such a huge part of my life. Right. And my mom's like my best friend, my rock. And that was the hardest part. And like, the thing is, you know, she's amazing now. Like, I think she likes my Taylor more than she even likes me, which is of saying she a does. shit ton. My mom would push me in front of a, a bus any day and, and give Jeff a crown. Right. A crown of diamonds and salami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, it's probably hard, right? At first, because your parents, I think anything for your parents, when, when we flip the narrative on them, it just throws them off. It totally. doesn't mean that they're not progressive. It doesn't mean that they're not understanding. It's just, I think God only, I, I'm not ready to be a parent. I would fucking fuck up my kids in a heartbeat. And the thing is, is like, we're kind of like their report cards, especially my mom was a stay at home mom, you know? Right. So it's like, I think that she was like, I didn't know this about you. So my mom for a long time actually blamed Taylor. She was like, seductress, swagger. Um, She was pissed at Taylor for a while. And Taylor was so like, this is a process. She has to get through it. Just keep showing her that you're you. And she will stop being so scared that you're going to totally change and become a different person. You know, she doesn't like cut all my hair off, tattoo my face. And I don't know, gain 500 pounds. Horrible stereotypes that us lesbians get, but those are the ones that we have right now. I'm working on changing them, guys. Don't you worry. You don't want to wear Carhartts and like (laughs) Doc Martin boots (laughs) and like carry a tool belt. I do not. Okay. I do not. I do like some flannel though. I will say that's a fun part of being a lesbian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so they, but eventually they came around, but it was like, first I had to deal with that. Then I had to tell my friends, they thought it was such a joke and didn't take it seriously. Um, and then I took a toll, like a whole year to come out to my audience, which made me feel like I was lying to my audience. And they're right. like, my peoples, right. like my brand is being filterless and on and filterless and honest and just like unapologetically me. Right. So I got to a point where I was like, I'm threatening my job here with this. But my parents were like, do you think you're going to threaten your job by coming out? Which was a true fear of theirs. But um, honestly, I think it makes it better work-wise. If you're like me and you get horrific hangovers, you know, I used to like suffer through them in my 20s, but now my 30s, I ain't got time for that. You hear me? Then you need DHM Detox, which is your go-to drinking buddy. It's basically a vitamin for people who drink, which we need support too. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. What people don't realize is that your hangovers are really caused by a toxic byproduct of alcohol that builds up while you're drinking called acetaldehyde. Now, I know you're not a scientist and you don't know the need to know those details, but listen, I'm a scientist, so I'm just trying to provide the facts. Here's the thing. When that toxic byproduct of alcohol builds up in your system, it makes you feel terrible the next day. You get the brain fog, nausea, anxiety, slash, you know, the Sunday scaries. I'm trying to wake up each day and not have a wasted day. All you got to do is take two capsules of DHM detox after your first couple of drinks, and it goes to work by breaking down the toxins and providing your liver some support. Listen, if you're going out for a night with your boys from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and you guys are doing vodka shots all night and end up at One Oak, it's a big night. Double up and take another packet if you're having that big night out. Here's the thing. It's a blend of herbal ingredients and vitamins that are optimized to fight off the negative effects of drinking. The ingredients are DHM, which is a natural extract used in Asia for centuries to prevent hangovers. You know I trust Asians more than anybody on the planet. It just comes from a Japanese raisin tree, also known as the tree of gods for its great properties. It also has like milk thistle, prickly pear, NAC, B-complex, and electrolytes. So what it does is just gets in that system and starts flushing all the bad shit out. Listen, it's now part of my drinking routine. You can just toss it in your purse, toss it in your bag. 
and keep going. It's a risk-free purchase. If you don't feel better after taking the product, then they'll give you your money back, which is a no-brainer. Listeners get 20% off their order. Just head over to DHM Detox and use promo code absolutely at checkout. That's DHMDetox.com. And there's free shipping if you buy more than a couple boxes. So just check them out. If you have any questions, slide in their DMs. It's DHMDetox.com for 20% off. You know, I um, am starting to record like some podcast episodes with some, some like, you know, comic comics, like people that I like mm-hmm. seeing clubs. And I was, I, I, I at first called my manager because I was like, shit, I hope my audience understands that like I come from like comedy. And when comedians, like when we sit around on camera or off camera, we say what the fuck we want. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people sometimes like, and I think that's why obviously people tune into us. Yes. But I literally had this one episode where I was like, I think this is going to be a lot for people, but I hope that they're open to it. And of course the audience is like, we fucking love the episode. Like, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Like you just got to fucking go for it. Yes. You always have to go for it. Cause you know what the worst thing is, is like getting in trouble for something that you don't believe in. Cause then you're right. like, I didn't even believe that. Right. Right. That's the worst. But at least if people disagree with like what you believe truly in your heart, you're like, well, fuck you. That's how I feel then you're not my peoples. So coming out was so scary. I burst into tears afterwards. I immediately regretted it. I was like, that was the worst decision ever. And then the audience started coming out in droves. Listen, I got some of those DMs that were like, you sinful, fucked up piece of shit type of things. Like I'm, I'm Can never I listening to you this? again. I have, I have tried to figure this out. I really wrap my brain around people who are like bigots or racist. And this is what I've come to the conclusion. How do you have enough time in your day to not like somebody else because of their sexuality, their religion, or their race? I literally have like sat around and been like, what's the, like, what would is, you know, a philosophy major say? Yeah. Like a professor say. And my whole thing is just like, how do you have enough time? That's my question. Right? You have enough. You don't have to go to Costco. You don't have prescriptions (laughs) to pick up. Where are your children? You have enough time to sit around on your couch and be upset about somebody because they because they like somebody different than you. The politics thing, I'm so fucking sick of and over. It's like I don't care what side you're on. I hate all of it. I hate everybody because the the, the left has gone so fucking crazy. Left so crazy. The right has gone so right. That so right. I'm I'm such a moderate. I'm like me too. Guys, can we just like save the environment and everybody chill the fuck out and like legalize weed? Racism is just like you're like you you're like you are rotten in your core. That's yes. what that is. Okay. Just if you were a racist, sorry to offend you. Right. <laughs> you know, no, yeah, people who are, yeah, for sure. It's just, or, or like what fucking traumatic triggered thing happened to you? Yes. What cartoon did you see while you were like, you know, I got being waterboarded that that just triggered that. I don't exactly. know. It's, it's something deep from childhood. And, but the, but the sexuality thing, I haven't understood First of all, if you don't like gay marriage, don't get gay married. It's that simple. Right. If I like a cheeseburger and you like a hamburger, like is my cheeseburger going to offend you? I feel like people that get that upset about gay are gay. Oh, well, yeah. Like 110%. Yeah. Why else would you give so many shits? Uh, so many shits. All the shits. You know what? They give more shits than people shitting in San Francisco. Can you spot lesbians from a mile away now? I'm pretty fucking good at it. I actually, so I just uh, came off this leg of Stassi's tour and mm-hmm. we were in DC and every, every show I do like a whole lesbian bit about how we need better PR. We need yeah. it now when it's not fair and gay men have it made and lesbians have it so hard and wah, wah, wah. And um, I ask if there's any lesbians in the audience and at least one, I normally get like, woo, like yeah. one singular, but no one in DC. And I was like, 
you bunch of closet dykes. Get out of here. Give me a fucking break. But I couldn't believe it. I thought that was so interesting. I, I, I bet if I could have seen them, I would have been able to point people out. But, you know, I don't really think I could call people out I would the be, I'll be honest with you. I would be terrible in a lesbian relationship. And I'll tell you why. Why? Because I can't deal with the emotional aspect of it. Jeff, like I, I try and pull some emotional shit out of Jeff and he's pretty sensitive, Sally. And I still, it's not enough. Like, I truly was raised in such a savage environment where <laughs> I always gravitate towards masculine energy. And I went to an acupuncturist recently and he was like, your yin and your yang is so messed up. You're all yang. You're a hundred percent yang. Yang's masculine energy. Really? Because apparently like I am my father's daughter and yep. my mom has a really intense and like I'm a feminist through and through, but I can't sit around and talk about feelings. And I know that that is such like as a woman to another woman, that's oh. a stereotypical thing. But I can't, like, I know where I stand with Jeff. Jeff's literally like, Oh, I'm fucking pissed. I'm hungry. <laughs> and I need to go laid. And you're like, great. Thank you for being open and honest. Yes. Like, I can't, I can't handle the back and forth. Like, what are you thinking? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Like, wh or how are we communicating? Welcome to my relationship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. It's always about like, are you, wait, why are you feeling sad? I'm feeling, you're feeling these feelings towards me. Right. That was last night. Right. Literally. I'm feeling that you're feeling <laughs> these feelings towards me. <laughs> I know that you know that we know that we're both PMSing. <laughs> Literally, in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah. That's it's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. But I, but now you're on this journey. I'm on this journey. She is my person. She's my penguin. She's my puzzle piece. And now that my family's on board, like I can fully like commit, you know? Right. And also like, I'm finally like the career stuff is starting to pick up. I must have watched way too much sex in the city when I was like planning on getting a divorce because I was like, I can do this. I literally, in what world? Right. I literally was, had a Carrie Bradshaw moment yesterday. I was trying to get to a meeting in Midtown and I was on the FDR because you and some is happening. Literally all the FDR was shut down, but I couldn't <sighs> get across. And I was like, I'm going to jump out of this Uber and I'm going to get on the subway. And then I got on, on first Avenue. I was like, there's no subway There's over no here. Subway. So I literally walked from First Avenue to Seventh Avenue, huffing and puffing. I was dressed like it was fall. It was 96 <laughs> degrees out. And I literally said out loud, I was like, Carrie Bradshaw, suck my dick. She's a liar. Yeah. I mean, and love you, Darren Starr. You create all the most beautiful things in the world. But dude, like really, I think it kind of fucked up a generation of women. Like we thought we could do too much. Literally <laughs> too oh, ambitious. Do you know there are days where I'm like, it's like when people get up and they're like, rise and grind, hustle hard. I'm like, I want to rise and relax. I'm so tired today. Right? I don't want to get up and have to take on the day. <laughs> we're in a generation. We're not running from like wild cats on the street. Nope. It's not fight or flight. There are moments where my body thinks it's survival, but most days I can get up, go get a Starbucks and relax. I know. I know. Sometimes I'm like, and listen, I love my Taylor so much, but really was been held it down financially. Right. And sometimes I'm like, was it really that bad? Like on the days that I'm tired about work. Right. And I just feel like giving up. I'm like, you know, can I be honest with you? Couldn't I sucked it up a little bit more? If Jeff got hit by a bus and I think I will surpass Jeff financially and he's doing well now, but I think like once, like hopefully if like I don't jinx this, like your girl's gonna be Joan Rivers, Lenti, okay? Oh, fuck yes. If I put it on my vision board, sir. <laughs> but I look at Jeff and I am like, how do you feel about being a stay-at-home dad? And he fucking freaks out. He's like, Heather, I I don't care well, how well you do. I will always work. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Jeff. I'm like, absolutely not. If I, like, if I could stay home, 
Fuck yeah. Fuck But yeah. I realize I would not be a good stay-at-home mom. I would be the worst. My poor kids would be tortured. I would be so mean to everyone, self-included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I couldn't do it. Taylor wants to be stay-at-home, but now it's looking like she's crushing in her industry. Right. I picked the right pony. Oh, hey. Here's the thing. This is the way you have to look at it because I've said this with Jeff forever. We basically invested in each other. It's like a startup, yes. right? You go in there, you're like, I'm going to get something on the back end. The back end, maybe 10 years down the road, but I know once it pays off, it's going to pay off big. Yes. When Jeff... Jeff and I, literally the last three years, because he was basically doing like grad school slash like this apprenticeship, was literally, he was making like $9 an hour, but having to put in his time to get this like specific degree for what he does. And there were times where we looked at each other and I was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to fucking do? I'm a starving artist. You're a starving like developer, engineer. What the fuck are we going to do? And now- Finally, it started to click and it's like, all right, now we're finding our rhythm and it's finally starting to fucking pay off. I feel so So I always good. say it's like a startup. Like he's right? my Zuckerberg. I'm his um, Kevin from Instagram. And then we're going <laughs> to rise together. And you're going to be so much more powerful than fucking finding somebody who already had it. It's so true. And then earning it together feels so fucking good. Right, because you also know that the other person's in it just genuinely for the relationship Completely. too. Completely. If I would have met Jeff like five years later, like now, I would be like, mm, sir, what is your motivation? Because <laughs> I know it's not my tight body. <laughs> I know you have to get out of here in just a minute. Can yes. I have you for, well, it's, okay, I'll have you for like five more minutes. That's perfect. But that's why we're moving to Jersey. Yeah. Because this is like us, like we keep vision boarding. Like we just, you know, it's like we say, it's like the secret. We're like, we manifested and now it's just like happening. Right. But I am concerned about that you've manifested New Jersey. I am too, Heather. I'm so freaking out. Like that's my absolutely not for you. I the think fact you're right. That you're like, you know what? Top goals, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been fighting Jersey for so long. Wiseman was a New Jerseyite. He was ready to pull me out of the city and go there ASAP. And I was like, no, 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 no. We got to stay in New York City. So the fact that we're going to Jersey, like, listen, it's I'm like letting go and letting God because we have to get out of our lease in order to get into this new place in Jersey City. So it's like, it really is being left up to the gods in the heavens. It's like, if it's meant to be, it will be. If it's not, and it's if, not. And if not, then you can still get out of your lease somehow and just move into my neighborhood. Exactly. And there will be neighbors and I'll just run over here every single day and we can just drink apple spritzes all day long. So there's a place around the corner. It's like, <gasps> This like, oh, it's, it's, it's literally called like the Hollywood salon. I don't even know. My girlfriend, Julie told me about it. And literally they get like $25 blowouts and it's like old Jewish ladies running the place. Stop. And when I say it's, it's like Southern debutante blowouts for nothing. <gasps> like fuck a dry bar. This is the best blowout you've ever had. And I go over there and I look like a new fucking person and it's around the corner. Girl. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. I will meet you there. Literally. We'll just be those people. We'll do our podcast. We'll go get blowouts <laughs> and then we'll go get our fat sucked out. Cause I yes. don't want to work out. Yes. But Taylor and I did say off air, we were literally saying that we're going to get a trainer to Together. Yes, we did. Even to me, okay, I'm going to sound like a freak. <laughs> An absolute yes for me is I love gym buddies. Like, and, and, it's fit, and I know you're anti-gym buddy. I like the social aspect of going to a gym. I worked at SoulCycle, but I had friends, like meeting gym friends was fun. Yes. It made working out fun and you were like actually excited to see people. We would go drink after the, we worked out most of the time. You know what? That's true. And I was a SoulCycle, like I was a cult member, hardcore mm-hmm. to the floor. Yeah. So I guess I do have it in me. I mean, I would like cry in the middle of those classes. I would too. And I worked there and I knew how evil like some of the instructors were, but I'd still cry. Uh-huh. You put on a little like, you know, an old school like Mariah Honey uh, in like a quick jog. Uh, and I'm literally, it's uh, not even an emotional song. And I would just like, I miss Mariah. Like, 
like, I would just <laughs> cry. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm here for it. I, I'm actually getting excited about working out. And I think it's just like going to make us even that much closer. And like, that will be my motivation to go to the gym. And we'll get somebody cool. We'll get a fun trainer that plays only, I'm only motivated by like gangster rap, like to the point where there's Same. like, there's like, like gunshots in the background. Like that's the kind of shit I need. I don't want a Disney theme. I don't no. want it, it pop princesses. I need to hear DMX. I want Renegade. Yes. yes. That's what I need. Great. Yes. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have you back in like three months. Okay. So we're going to get it right. Get it tight. Cause I know you're going to be touring more with Stassi and eventually yep. doing your own tour. Yep. I've got to get it right. Cause I realized I was literally out of shape for this last tour. So let's do a thing in October. Okay. Let's just start it. But we, we, we don't have to like not drink, right? No, we're going to drink. Oh, thank God. We're going to drink. We're just going to exercise so that our hearts can handle it. <laughs> Cause I tell you what, the signs for a female heart attack are basically just like my everyday signs. You get nauseous, you get a light headache. Yeah, you, you're not really well, a little shortness of breath, but it's not like your arm goes numb and you, you know what I mean. Like you have Girl. a full heart attack. Girl. So I probably had 25 heart attacks this year alone, <laughs> and I just need to get it down to like five. Okay, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. All right, I'm gonna let Taylor go. She's got to run. We've been doing the most, not the least. Taylor, where can everybody find you? Follow me on Instagram at Taylor Strecker, S T R E C K E R, and listen to my podcast, Taste of Taylor. She. She's on Dear Media. I'm on Dear Media. Big shout out to Lauren and Michael Bossing. Love, love. Adopt us. Obsessed. Yeah. Thank you for bringing us in as your children. So now we can actually afford our rent. <laughs> in the meantime, between time, I'm going to get to the voicemails here in a second because we're going to let Taylor go. Taylor, thanks for coming. I love you. Heather, Mina. I love you. Thank you. See you at the gym, bitch. Bye, girl. Bye. I don't know if it's because I've been on the road that I've just been extra like, honey. I don't, I hated the way I just said that, but you get the point. Here's the deal. I have been coming home and I don't know if this is TMI, but I've essentially been assaulting Jeff and he's like not ready. Like he's ready for it, but he's also like, whoa, I don't know what's gotten into you. I think just being on the road, it's like we have this like sexy situation now where I like come home and I'm like, honey, I'm home. Take your pants off. Well, thank God. Thank God for all this freakiness. We are keeping it lubed up with my favorite. I'm talking about Woo More Play. That's right. Poor Jeff. You know, he's like, we're basically, I'm basically starting a fire down there because he's not ready for this much sex, but I'm giving him that much sex. But we've been using Woo More Play. I talked about this product before. I think we are all adults here and we should have a smart, educated conversation about sex. If you're using lube that has nasty chemicals and additive, and all the additives that you already see on the shelf, if you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't be putting it on your body and on your genitals and on your loved ones. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't put formaldehyde on your boyfriend's Ding dong. Now, would you? Well, here's the thing. Woo More Play is a coconut oil-based sex lube. It's all natural. It's all organic. It's raw. You know what I'm saying? Raw. Non-GMO, antibacterial, smooth and silky. It tastes like cupcakes. I really try not to share too much about my life, but I will tell you this. Jeff has literally been like, this is the best thing we've ever purchased. And I said, I know, baby. I got you. Also because he's like sweating in the corner and he's like, tap me out, coach. Like I'm done. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen you for two weeks. We're going for round five. And he's like, you have too much energy. And I'm like, don't tell me what to do, Jeff. So anyways, that's a little sneak peek into our sex life. But thank God we have Woo More Play. It's coconut oil, natural stevia, a little vanilla essence, beeswax. It promotes relaxation, hydration, relieves pain. It's chemical free. It increases your sex drive. It kills germs. I cannot tell you how much I love this product. And here's the deal. If you want to try it, just go on their website and go to woomoreplay.com. Follow them on IG, Twitter, and Facebook at woomoreplay. That's right, babies. And if you want, type in my code absolutely 
for 20% off. It's going to change your life. You're going to get freaky. Check them out. WooMorePlay.com. Code absolutely. I want to thank Taylor Strecker for being in the studio today. She's everything. I had to let her go, but I wanted to get some of these voicemails. I'm trying to catch up, y'all. If I haven't answered your voicemail on air, you have to realize I get like 3,000 a day. So I have to just kind of go through and pick the ones that, that tickle me. I don't actually get to listen to all of them. So keep calling into the voicemail. If I haven't gotten to you yet, keep calling in, submitting. We will get there. I will hear it. But I have time for a couple today and I just wanted to get to these because I truly love listening to y'all bitch. And the best is when I see you out in public and then you're like, Heather, I have an absolutely not. And you tell me in person and then I'm like, call into the voicemail, email me, figure it out. We will get there. They make me laugh so hard. I feel like nowadays y'all are really coming with your A game. I don't want to hear about traffic. We've discussed this. Give me good ones. I need sp- specifics, you know, help, help me help you. I love each and every one of you. Let's get to um, a couple of the voicemails. Here we go. Here's the first one. Heather, it's your girl, Abby, coming at you live from El Paso, Texas. I didn't choose to live here. My husband's in the Army. My absolutely not has to do with kids these days. What in the hell is up with these disrespectful attitudes? I teach sixth grade, and I had a parent conference in which I was addressing her child's behavior. And the child was back-talking me in front of the mom, and the mom let it slide. What is this about? Absolutely fucking not. Damn, Abby, from El Paso. Love that enthusiasm behind El Paso. El Paso, for those of you who don't know, um, is a tiny little town in Texas. It's actually very high-low. It's like half the town is like Gucci oil money, and then the rest, it's just like a shit show, and everybody's on the episode of Live PD, which is one of my favorite TV shows. If you haven't seen Live PD, you need to tune into it because it's fabulous. But every single person gets arrested in El Paso. Okay, but Abby, back to your absolutely not. So you're you're telling me you're doing the Lord's work by trying to teach children and this little bitch talked back to you and the mother let it slide. Absolutely friggin' not. Let me tell you something right now. I don't know about you, but when I was being reared as a child, is that what you call it? Rearing? When I was being raised, my mother kept my hair in a solid ponytail till I was about mm, 18 because if I talked back, she just pulled the ponytail. Now, listen, I'm not trying to get in some heated friggin' debate because I'm not a mom about disciplining your kids. But if your little shit stir talks shit to an adult in front of you and you don't kindly put them in their friggin' place, it's an absolutely not. It's an absolutely not. You know, kids are actually getting away with too much these days. We got an alert in our neighborhood that said youth crime is up. Youth not adult, youth. There's a gang of like 12-year-old kids who are going around harassing. Listen, I'm Neighborhood Watch. You know it. I know it. The security guards in my building know it. Much to their dismay, they're like, ma'am, we don't need you to take this. Like, it's not a citizen's arrest. We don't need you to do this on your own. I'm like, hey, Carl, let me do my job. Okay. And he's like, well, you're actually not hired by the security company. And I'm like, I hear you, but like, you know, back off. In my dream world, I'd have a show with my buddy Raymond and we would call it Heather and Ray's Citizens Arrest. And we would go out. We'd one probably arrest. It'd be like half fashion police where we we would arrest like 90% of people for bad outfits. And then the rest would just be us going up to people being like, excuse me, excuse me. (laughs) Did you think you were going to get away with throwing your Starbucks not in the recycling, sir? 
Like it would just be an opportunity for Ray and I to corner people aggressively and then very sassily tell them what they were doing wrong with their life. Speaking of which, hold on. I need a sip of my Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Ah, Nectar of the gods. Yeah, I think, Abby, I think you're up Shit's Creek, unfortunately, with these parents who are just in a place. You know what? You know, the more I like really peel back the layers of this onion, I think maybe, maybe the parents have Stockholm syndrome. Maybe they have a kid like Jojo Siwa who just runs the fucking roost. Y'all know Jojo. She's the girl who's traction alopecia and her hair's pulled so tight to the side. And listen, I get that that kids love her. It does throw me off a little bit. And I am going to talk shit for a second. It throws me off a little bit that she's like 25 years old and still wearing glitter and like, you know, doing children's videos. Does she have a niche market? Yes. Is she former Disney? I'm pretty sure. You know, do the kids love her? Absolutely. But I bet she's a monster at home. I bet they're sitting around the dinner table and she's like, dad, give me a brew dog. And he's like, you're not old enough to drink. She's like, oh, really? I paid for this fucking house. I'm paying for the mortgage. Give me a beer. So that might be the situation that, you know, the student and um, the parent are in. Maybe the parent's afraid. Maybe you need to look at the parent and say, blink twice if you're trapped. Because a lot of these kids now, especially these kids on the internet, making more money than their parents, they're wearing the pants. They're calling the shots. They're showing up late to carpool because they can. And that's really, it's a bigger picture. It's a bigger picture we need to look at. The fact that the parents are truly victims of these terrorist children. And those, that's the facts. Disciplining. I mean, are you allowed to spank your kids anymore? My mom would like spank me. She did one time slap me, but I deserved it. I was 16. My mom and I have always had a great relationship. I was honestly, truly always respectful of my parents. Have you ever gone to somebody's house and you see them raise their voice at their parents and you're like, literally soil yourself because you're like, oh my God, I would never do that. It's really hard for me to watch other people speak to their parents in a crazy way, even at 32. Like my mom and I joke back and forth or sometimes I'll get for a like, mom, oh my God, you're fucking like driving me nuts. But she and I talk like girlfriends now. You know what I mean? It's still like I would jump in front of a bus for my mom. I've always been respectful. But I one time in high school told my mom, I was like, you know what, mom, you're being a fucking bitch. She slapped me across the face. We both immediately started hysterically crying. I deserved it. I absolutely deserved it. It was like her gut natural reaction. I 100% without a doubt deserved it. She cried. I cried. The cats cried. It was a whole thing. But sometimes I really, the one, like a pet peeve and really a way to make me feel super uncomfortable in your home is to fight with your parent. Because even at 32, if I were to say something like, mom, go fuck yourself. I, she'd whoop my ass. Robin is very strong. Brittle, but very strong. Doesn't weigh more than 110 soaking wet would beat my ass. And honestly, it might make great content. (laughs) So maybe parents need to start stepping into their power. There's got to be an Oprah, Deepak, Chopra talk about like what to do if you're a parent and you're like basically pussy whipped by your child. Not pussy. That wasn't the right term. Sorry, I did not mean to say child and pussy whipped in the same. You know what I mean? Oh my God, stop. The feds are like probably listening. They're like, red alert. I'm sorry, Abby, that you had to deal with that. But thank you for being a teacher and doing the most. Love you, mean it. Let's get to our next voicemail. Hey, Heather. uh, This is Paige calling from Houston. Um, First of all, I just want to say, love the show, love the podcast. 
going to buy tickets when the tour comes to Houston. You crack my shit up. Um, my absolutely not are adult human beings with children who allow their kids to put stickers on the insides of their car windows. Absolutely fucking not. You're driving a $70,000 Range Rover. What are you doing? Love ya. Paige from Houston. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I absolutely am coming to Houston. I just stay tuned. Y'all stay tuned in the next. All I have to say is stay tuned. Monday, October 7th, large announcement. Just be buckled up. Okay. That's all I can say right now. I'm so excited. I can't even say it. Just stay tuned. Uh, Paige, I love one. I love the fact that a lot of these voicemails today are people bitching about children because I think we're finally able to have this open, honest conversation that a lot of them are the worst, but I love specifically, this is a Houston problem. A lot of oil money in Houston. Love the fact that you (laughs) clearly drive around town enough in a rich part of town. So that was actually a humble brag. What you just did, Paige, was a humble brag. We know that you live in a fancy neighborhood because you see enough Range Rovers with stickers on the inside. The pain and anguish in your voice is truly an absolute yes for me. I love that this is a safe space for adults just to talk about the nitty gritty things that piss us off. That's the funniest shit ever. One, I haven't really noticed that. I mean, the stick figure families are just, we need to go ahead and like get them off the planet. But you're, so you're telling me you're like at a stoplight, probably by the, what is it in um, the Galleria? The Galleria is in Houston, wealthy part of town. And you saw some bitch coming out of Neiman Marcus and she's got stickers all over her Range Rover. And for whatever reason, it set you off. It's an absolutely not for me too. Let me tell you what. My dad drove a Porsche. My mom had a Jaguar a 1996 Vanden Plage Jaguar. And we also had a Saab. We had a 1983 Saab that was like our farting around town car. Now we were not allowed to put stickers in that car even. And that was like, it wasn't a hoopty because it was a classic car. Like it was, we had it so long it was vintage. And my mom ripped out the interior lining and put Burberry interior. And then my dad ripped out the back seats and put a subwoofer. The reason I say this is we even had a hoopty at one point and we were not allowed to tchotchke it up. Get a notebook. Have your kid put the stickers in the friggin' notebook. You know, why are you tchotchkeying up a car? Car tchotchkeys are just as bad as wall tchotchkeys. Y'all remember if you're an OG follower, we've been doing the tchotchke challenge forever. Don't put your stickers on my shit. Now, one place that is appropriate for stickers, and I'll tell you what, luggage. I buy nice luggage, but not too nice. I buy luggage where it's like durable, great, looks clean, but I put stickers on mine and I'll tell you why. This is an old airline trick. My parents all worked for the airlines. My dad worked in, you know, he was a ramp services guy, worked in baggages. If you put stickers and tchotchke up your luggage a little bit, no one will go through your shit. These people who run around with the Louis Vuitton luggage, the designer luggage, your shit, whether it's locked or not, because trust me, they can get in it. They will rifle through your shit. It's one thing to have a nice car and be flashy. Do not have fancy luggage. I say have a hard shell luggage. People who have soft side luggage are just, y'all are living on the fucking edge. I don't know what you're doing, but it's not acceptable. So if you really want to live your truth, get kind of tchotchke luggage, put some more tchotchkes on it. And one, you'll be able to find your bag and two, nobody will fuck with you. Cause they're like, oh, that's like some 16 year old girl named McKenzie's luggage. Probably nothing in there, but Teen Vogue magazines and, you know, you know, those ugly feel issues that everybody wears. They're not going to go through your things. Thank you for sharing that page. I love that you told us outright that you're rich. 
you know, I just love that. I love a humble brag and a voicemail. An absolutely yes and an absolutely not. God, I love my listeners. All right, let's go to the next caller. Hey, Heather. This is Priscilla calling from Charleston, South Carolina. Yes, I was at the Charleston show. I was stone sober sitting on the third row. So I got to enjoy everything that you did. Um, I want to say I'm sorry on behalf of my city. Um, but yeah, you know you're absolutely not when it comes to the show. I wanted to tell you my absolutely not when it came to the Charleston show. Yes, there was puking. Yes, there was drunkenness, wine being thrown on people's heads, whatever. But one absolutely not that I was a part of was on my road, there were these two gals sitting a few seats down from me. Every time you would make a joke and get to the punchline, they would then spend the next five minutes discussing it amongst themselves and giving their little side joke on top of your joke. So you would make a joke and then they would say, oh my God, yeah, do you remember? It reminds me of that time I was in Cabo, blah, 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 blah. And they were just talking and talking to the point that my girlfriend finally shushed them. And as a loud Italian woman, I normally do not like getting shushed myself. So I get the shushing, not something that people normally care for. But in this moment, I was so glad that she shushed these girls because it was just being disrespectful. I mean, you're trying to do your show. We're trying to all enjoy our show. And they're just talking, talking, talking amongst themselves. Absolutely not. When you go to a show, whether it be a Broadway show, a comedy show, even in the movie theater for the love, do not talk amongst yourselves loudly over and over again the entire show. It's just rude. So that was my absolutely not on top of all the other absolutely nots from the Charleston show. Um, hope you still had fun. I hope you come back and see us again. And um, we'll show you that not everyone in Charleston is a lunatic. Um, thank you so much. Priscilla, thank you for calling in. You hit the nail on the head, honey. You really did. Um, I don't want to totally shit on Charleston because I had the best time. And really, truly, that was like one of the most amazing shows. But it was wild. Now you kind of see as an audience member who wasn't like totally blackout drunk shitting on themselves. What as a performer you kind of have to work through. That's the biggest thing at the show. It was like people were just having full blown like like kikis with their girlfriends. I would set up a joke, do the punchline. And then you literally you'd hear a girl be like, oh, my God, Karen, remember when you went to Cabo and you shit yourself? It's like that girl in Tampa. Yeah, they're just told all those jokes about Tampa. That was you. Do you remember? And then we went to Senor Frogs and then you like made out with that guy who had no teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then you shit yourself that night. Yes. You pooped your pants. Oh, my God. You don't remember. Remember, they were the cute jeans, the true religions. You bought them at Bloomingdale's for like 40 percent off. And then you had those slingback Dolce Vitas. You don't remember. Oh, my God. You look so cute. But then you pooped your pants and you're like, shut the fuck up. Have the conversation after the show. It's not appropriate right now. We've already moved on. I'm a seasoned comedian. I'm a professional. I know. Hold for laughter. Let you get a couple little extra chuckles out. Then we're moving on. That's the flow of the show. We do callbacks. We come back to the poop your pants joke. That's called the rule of three. But when you and Claire are over there having a full discussion about your trip to Cabo in 97, I can't do my job. And listen, I have literally said nobody has to come to these shows sober, but it was wild. Like my agents even saw this. They were like, Heather, this is fucking nuts. My whole thing is, is I want 
us to be, we're a community, we're a group, we're a team. I want to come out there and be able to look each and every one of you in the eyes and be like, yes, we're connecting. Yes, you get it. Yes, you get it. But if you're so fucked up, this isn't a sorority meeting. That's what I think it is. Like the show in Charleston, I was like, this is not, we are not at a fucking rally for Delta Gamma right now where we're like, all chiming in like, cut that bitch. She's not making it in the sorority. And listen, here's the deal. Security kicked a couple people out that I feel bad for. I didn't ask to get them kicked out. But the problem was a lot of people like on the first two rows were complaining like, can you get these women to shut up? And I'm performing, so I can't pay attention. So security would go up to people and if they wouldn't settle down, I know two ladies in the front row got kicked out, but I'm not in charge of that. Like I'm here just trying to keep the flow of the show going, entertain. I mean, I ate a fucking blast, but it was wild. My mom was backstage for that show and she was watching off the wing and she was like, Heather, these, this is nuts. I'm like, I know. Look, when the woman poured the bottle of wine on her head. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even say it. When the woman doused herself ceremoniously with Chianti, I was like, I looked at my mom on stage. My mom was like, what the fuck is happening? And I think it's just because when you get in that large theater like area. Listen, Charleston, I'm coming back. We're going to do it right. We're going to do it again. And don't get me wrong. It was still an amazing show, but it was just wild. Like I was physically exhausted after that show because I didn't know what to do. I was just like, what just happened? I felt like I got beat up. And, and Benny, I went and just saw my buddy Benito Skinner, his show in LA. And he's so talented. If you haven't seen him, he's Benny drama seven on Instagram. He does incredible impressions, follow him. But we were talking about it. He's like, even the positive heckling, like just yelling out in the middle of a show, like your mom. It's like, okay, we'll get to her. It's all part of the show. It's really wild. And I think it's just that connection of people thinking like, oh, you're my best friend because it's you on the internet, but I'm also a professional comedian. So let me do my job and entertain you. And we will get to all of those things. But also that we are not just sitting in my living room and it's an intimate show. And I talk about so many like deep, funny, personal things, but it's hard to be intimate when somebody has just vomited on themselves. Cause then I'm like, do I need to call 911? It was wild. Priscilla, thank you for um, I'm telling the women to, quit chit-chatting about Cabo, but this is just how it goes. But I just want, I don't want like us as women to get a bad rap because here's the deal. A lot of these like places that I performed, they were like, we've never seen wild people like this. <laughs> just like it, you know, feminism. Like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. And listen, there's a large amount of men in my audience, but it was just wild. It was just wild. Char Charleston was wild. I want to go back in like a week and just like sit by the ocean on like Sullivan's Island and just have a moment and like see if we can regroup. But this is what I've been dealing with. So if you're listening to this, absolutely yes, come to the show and have a fucking good time and get rowdy. And like, there's audience participation. You know, I talk to the audience, but just keep the side combo till after the show. Love you, mean it. All right, my babies. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm going to leave it with that last voicemail because that is just like, you know, I got my rant out. Um, I'm going to get to more voicemails next week because it's just me on the episode. I am so thrilled and honored and just beyond blessed that you guys tune in and you're my buddies and I love you so much. Remember, click, subscribe, download all of the things. And uh, if you ever have something you want to bitch about, please call into the absolutely not line. I'm looking forward to hearing your voicemails. Thank you, my angels. And I will see you next week. Live your truth. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. <laughs>